All right. Year 2009, episode one. Oh, my God. Mm. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah, I was just doing a trip down memory lane. Um, oh. You know what? I mean, temporally, we are at episode 500, and that puts us at the 10-year mark, right? And we're always talking about how how that stacks up with other podcasts in general, let alone fitness podcasts. Um, I will say this. If you're a quantitative completionist, we won't have the full, you know, 52 weeks times 10 years uh, quantitative wrap-up until episode 520. But I don't want to take away from what we're doing here. So, uh, right around the corner. Right. That's right. It's only inevitable at this point. That's right. right. It's so habitual to do this stuff, you know. Um, a, a couple of things just to kind of set up today's time warp episode or time travel episode because we're going to go back and we're going to look at um, some of our favorite topics. In fact, listeners, if you hear the harp sound, that's going to set up a clip, and I'll actually play a clip you know, from those episodes. Um, so, um, God, yes. In 2009, um, I was just sharing this on a text with everybody. Of course, we had 267 gigabytes streamed for the whole year. Uh, so 267 in 2018, we had 10,750 gigabytes streamed. So we literally only had 2.5% the listenership that we have now. Mm -hmm. So the weekly thing paid off, I think. Uh, not that we're huge. We're definitely not by a lot of podcast standards, but we're so niche. I mean, what can you really expect? Anyway, um, I will toss this out, too. If anybody is also a completionist, it might not be a bad time uh, to go and just download the eps, like everything, if you can, uh, so we have a backup because if Brinkster goes down, if our server goes down, mm. I mean, I've got most of it, but it would be nice to have, just to know that we have 10 years worth of work on someone's hard drive. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, and you know, in fact, I was looking at some of the, the top charts for podcasts, and, and one of them were in the top three of the, like, Strength and Power podcast, and one were top 15 on the, like, more, like, fitness and strength podcast, but they listed us as starting in 2013, and I feel ripped off. I'm like, we yeah, were at it for like really. four years before then. Yeah. I guess that's what I mean about backups. You know, that because if you look at God, if you look at YouTube, it doesn't go back far at all when we started backing mm -hmm. up on YouTube, you know. But anyway, um, what we're going to do today is I only have one listener mail, everybody, um, and it's about episode 500 from Neil. Uh, after we do that, we're just going to talk about our favorite. Uh, topics, laughs, whatever over the last 10 years uh, play a few clips and then maybe also talk a little, just a little bit about what's changed like how are we different, how is the podcast different, obviously our intro music is <laughs> not that <laughs> Pantera clip anymore um, that is Pantera right, am I rem remembering that right Phil? God, I think so uh, um. <laughs> I can't even remember uh, anyway um, alright well, let me let me get to Neil's email here. Neil says, uh, I'd like to c congratulate you and all the hosts along the way on your 500th episode. Uh, I've listened to every single episode, and to this day, it remains my favorite podcast. 
To put things in perspective, if each episode is an average of one hour, 500 episodes divided into 24 hours a day means that I have spent 20 days of my life listening to you guys. <laughs> Dang. Wow. Keep up the good work, Neil. Yeah. So, yeah, thank you, Neil. That's good stuff. Just uh, said it right. I went and listened to it. It's, it's Slayer. Oh, it's Slayer. All right. Yeah. We had to change that so we didn't get any copyright infringement. Yeah. So. And luckily, you know, your brother rocks. So, yep. so just that's where that comes from. We've had people ask that over the years, too. Like, what, what, where's your you know mid-show and in, intro music and stuff? I give him 10 cents an episode. So he's made five bucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, royalties. Yeah. Anyway, it's just yeah, that was a nice um nice bonus for us to have our own stuff there. Um okay. Well, let's talk about this. So God, yeah, we've been at it for 10 years. A lot of things have changed in that time, I guess, but uh let's start with some of the favorites. I cheated actually and I came up with 5. I mean, because we've covered every topic imaginable. Yeah. Um I have 5 sort of topics. And then some of them span more than one episode, you know, but I, I don't want to start with myself. Um, let's just do like round robin stuff here, Phil. And again, it, maybe we'll, we'll throw in a, uh, a cutaway, you know, to the actual yeah. clip, but, um, what's one on your list, Phil? Some of my favorite ones are the ones where we did a, you know, something that's a little tongue in cheek. So like our, how to stay small episode. Oh, right. <laughs> Things like those were always fun. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, I mean, it's fun to do, and I, I hope fun to listen to. So, I mean, those are – that's me trying to not pick out the easy ones like we talked about earlier. I mean, there's some very memorable ones, but uh, as far as enjoyable to do, those were those were some of the best. Yeah, episode one with David Barr was how to get fat. We, yeah. gave, we gave people clear instructions on how to become fat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. In fact, you know what I – I just wanted to toss in, I think let's rephrase that question a little, and let's have a discussion on how to get really fat. How about okay, that? Yeah. It'll just make it a little more fun. <laughs> I want to start a show, and I want to make your biggest gainer. Not the biggest <laughs> loser, but the biggest gainer. And really there you blow go. But, you, know, you know what, fortress, <laughs> I'm going to give you Fortress's ingredients to becoming a, becoming a fat person. Okay. All right. Lots of pop, <laughs> lots of French fries. Yeah, fries would be good. And lots of bread. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you'll be feeling like in a few weeks with that diet, let me tell you. Yeah, we've done what? How to how to stay small, how to remain weak, how to fail yeah. a gym startup was not that long ago. Yeah, yeah. That's the one I had on my list was how to fail a gym startup since yeah. you know, that's a very common thing now because everyone wants to be a gym owner just because yeah. it sounds cool and you can be an entrepreneur and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't remember if I mentioned it during that episode, but Mike, you, if you remember, I sent you a picture of a yeah. local gym. What gave me the idea? I was out for like a morning, like pre-breakfast walk kind of thing, and it's got all, it's got this big signage up and everything, and already, I mean, literally within weeks, it said for rent, big sign on the door, <laughs> like already done, you know. So, yeah, that's rough. You know, one of my favorites, Phil. You're talking about things that aren't super, you know, obvious. Like when we get some of the veterans on, you know, uh, Pep Wall, you know, was episode six. Uh, we had Captain Kirk and Marty on on episode four sixty six. Marty didn't even remember, but back in episode 182, we had Marty Gallagher on yeah. uh, just for him. Mm -hmm. 
right? Yeah. Um, Bill Pearl was episode, what was that, 94, I think? Yeah, going way that was ahead. one of my favorites, like, yeah. listening to it. Well, Bill Pearl was on number 35, too. We had him on a couple times. Oh, oh that's right. there you go. Place. Yeah. Yeah. So. And biggest hits we've ever got as far as that, because people, I feel like we're sort of doing a service in that way, like archiving, you know, these giants. So they get to make some comments and look back over the industry and their lives and all that kind of stuff when they're older. It's just cool. I'd love to get Pep Wall back on at my gym, too, because he knows Marty and Kirk and those guys and, you know, trained some world champions and stuff. But um, All right, uh, Mike, what about you? I know you just mentioned uh, one, but what's what's what else do you have? Uh, a couple of my favorites was uh, some of the early ones with uh, Rob and his quest to see how many toilets he could break. <laughs> 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 oh God, you guys! I I can't tell you how many times I listen to that man bitch about busted another effing toilet seat, you know. And so we talked about getting the ones with the metal hinges yeah. <laughs> instead of the plastic ones, and you know how long those would last. <laughs> yeah. So every time I was traveling for a while years ago, I would send him pictures of broken toilet seats and ask him if he was here before me. Uh-huh. So yeah, I don't even know if he remembers that, but. <laughs> You know, I wonder how many of our large mammal listeners deal with that on a pretty regular basis. Like, Jesus, I broke another seat. You know, they're just, they're not built for people that weigh, you know, 275 plus. They're just not. No. Especially, especially when you give them as much use as you do because you're eating 6,000 calories a day. (laughs) (laughs) I'm back in the shitter, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I'm. On a related note, when we went to Japan, Lonnie, we did a, obviously some episodes about that and just how, man, everything over there is, is built for people that are smaller, from oh, yeah. the beds to the doors to the, even like the locks were funny. We have this skeleton key to get into our modern hotel, and the, the toilet itself has got like 15 space-age buttons on it, but you need a skeleton key to get into the hotel, so just very... Mm-hmm. It's like a completely different world, and like, if yeah. people ever get the chance to go to Japan, like just definitely go. It, it's amazing. Yeah, the <laughs> contrast, right, between super oh, yeah. old school and super modern. Yeah. Clearly, we are standouts over here. I mean, yeah. not that we're walking around like Ronnie <laughs> Coleman, but. I'm not, I'm trying not to be, you know, sound racist, certainly, but everyone seems to be like they're roughly a hundred pound man in a black suit with a black tie and black pants and a white shirt. I mean, everybody. Especially near the conference. Yeah, very uniform, but you know, even walking around downtown, like the businessmen and stuff, and very thin. uh, Clearly, I don't think there's a lot of um, stock placed in big dudes with big muscles it's just uh, it's comical for them they, they i don't think they desire it on on average right on average yeah you get lots of funny questions and i had a guy whistling at me in the elevator the other day as he's looking up which was kind of comical <laughs> you are re- you are really tall you know everyone mike is about what six three yeah the environment here is not built for that i mean there's constant risk of decapitation if you come to japan no you're right mike i felt bad for you that whole trip in fact, that, that, that's one of the things that I put down as far as topics that span different episodes was event reports. You know, whether it was, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. uh, occasionally we could get Phil on the floor somewhere talking to people. Now, I know that's hard when people are lifting and, 
Yeah. Phil, obviously, you're way too experienced to get in their face when they're trying to get their head in the game. But, you know, <laughs> when you're at an event or, yeah, we were, uh, we did the Institute of Food Technology event in Las Vegas, yeah, if you remember, Vegas. Mike. That was episode 424, uh, Paleo FX. I wasn't part of that one, but that was sort of from the event. That was episode 418. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the event reports are fun. I think that's one of the best things podcasts do, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we had the the trip to Spain for the big world conference that only happens every four years. That was a lot of fun. Oh yeah, with uh, Dr. Yeah. Josh Cotter. Yeah, Cotter yeah. was there. Yeah, totally. the ones from experimental biology and going all the way back to to DC and several different locations since then. Oh, that's right. DC was fun. Yeah. Yeah, the hotel where we crammed what nine people in the the tiny hotel room that charged just for every little thing known to man. <laughs> right. Yep. You know, I, and I remember that was also the one, Phil, you've heard us talk about, like, um, we went into that. It was a CrossFit box or something, and it, oh, they, they had right. the giant weights. fake weights, kind of. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. They, I, I've never seen weights that large. And I don't just mean plastic-coated sort of bumper-ish, you know, for Olympic lifts. I mean, these – there was no no damn good reason to have, you know, yeah, a, like, a, pl- a like plate that big. made out of chipped rubber. Okay, yeah. The ones- they were bigger than those even. Really? Okay. Yeah, they were just the weirdest thing. They were like super, super wide. Wide. Like 45s. Exactly. It was bizarre. <laughs> yeah, they were the diameter of 45, but they were like, I don't know, 10 inches wide or something Holy crazy. Crap. Just crazy. Yeah. And so Mike and I, I mean, I don't remember if we have pictures doing that, but we're bobbing up and down, and it's literally stacked to the very ends of the Olympic bar. <laughs> we just look mm. like we're impossibly strong. You know, it's just funny. Anyway. Yeah, three fifteen took up almost all the bar space. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. <laughs> totally. Yep. So yeah, event reports are cool uh, in general. Uh, Phil, what else did you come up with? I had to get the Windler episodes just because anytime oh, we yeah. have Mon, you'd always be like, "Oh God, here we go." Again. <laughs> I this know. one's not getting a PG rating. No, right. <laughs> we're not even gonna. We're not even gonna try. So. <laughs> Yeah. On the show notes, like, because I don't label us explicit on iTunes, you know, because I, we obviously, we try to be more PG-13, but so without labeling, like getting a label because of Jim, <laughs> I would just put in the show notes something like, you know, caution, potty mouth powerlifters, you know, something like that. Um, just to give people a heads up. Cause, yeah, because there are some parents lifting with their, their kids. And I mean, I understand, right? A teenage lifter can handle the occasional F-bomb. But just to be fair, yeah, we I had to label that stuff behind the scenes extra for Jim. <laughs> yeah, those are those are always good. So that's a good uh, one, actually. The swearing and stuff. Yeah. So if you buy a book off of Amazon, my book off Amazon, and it's not sold by me, if it's sold by anyone else, by Amazon or anyone else, it is illegally obtained, and. Uh, so we've been fighting the shit out of this. We got lawyers, and I don't know what else to do. And wow. uh, we haven't seen a, we haven't seen a fucking penny, and that was yeah. So, uh, and you know, and just being sick about it to break everything down so I can understand it because I'm I'm covering shit. We got a ton of shit going on, and then we have the NOV book, which is going to be massive. The NOV book is just basically north of the edge. There's a training compilation and life compilation of everything of. Uh, how to suck it up and be a man and quit being such a plus, basically, is what it comes down to. So, Should I, should I swear more? <laughs> no. 
Oh. <laughs> I was going to say, swearing is always good. I'm like the grammar police. We're, we're going to yeah. get bumped off of iTunes. I'm going to have to reprogram our feed to have explicit tags all over it. And Jim is our number one offender. Yeah, well, I don't care. Yeah. Dude, no one buys an album that says, you know, approved by Jesus. Uh, what else, Mike? Um, I had some of the other, like, if I go back early guests, um, like, one of the first ones I really liked was when Derek Poundstone was on. I can't remember what episode that was, but that was one of the the early ones, too, and I thought that was super cool just to hear about, you know, how he was training and what he was doing and just you know, a lot of the, you know, lifters, strongmen, Highland Games, power lifters, bodybuilders. Mm-hmm. It's pretty crazy to me how open they are with things. Like, I'm remember a buddy of mine was sitting down with uh, Thor and Brian Shaw and they were just telling him, yeah, here's how we train. Here's what we do. And they weren't afraid someone's going to steal their secret yeah. or whatever, you know, because even if you did, does it work for you? And if it did, you still have to put the effort in. So I'm always pleasantly surprised how you talk to a lot of the top people and they're you know, pretty open with what they're doing. Yeah. yeah. Willing to share. Yeah. Yeah. On the opposite spectrum of that, we had one episode where the person didn't want to share at all. Well, oh, yeah. Frickin' Mendelssohn. <laughs> when Scott Mendelssohn was on, it was like, yeah. what do you do for bench? No, your business. Why don't you pay for me? Yeah. He just wanted to push his frickin' weed business. It's like, come on, bro. <laughs> That's right. I remember. <laughs> yeah. I'm not telling you anything. My you weed me. Well, why are you on the show? Yeah. You know? <laughs> so... Yeah, I'm not, I'm personally not going to go after him. <laughs> like, yeah. Dude, you know, you're useless to us. <laughs> no, you're right about the, the weed thing. That's funny. Um, what else is on my list here? Uh, we did the event reports thing. Uh, you know, one of the things that I liked is um, sort of the, the philosophy stuff. Like uh, we had an episode on the intangibles, like intangible skills that you just pick up from lifting you know like when do you really know to turn and walk out of the gym you know as soon as you get there stuff like that you know mm-hmm. um i think that was episode 412 or no um that couldn't have been 412 412 was what's been gained and lost from our involvement in strength training so that's again in the philosophy camp right yeah. like reflective stuff like well i'm bigger permanently more or less than i would have been otherwise my joints are pretty shot, you know, <laughs> stuff, stuff like that. Um, uh, the intangibles one, the intangible skills one was actually episode 90 now that I'm peeking at my sheet here. So, uh, yeah, I like the philosophy stuff, you know, because that's the kind of – or one episode we did, I don't have the number, was um, why do you do it, right? Because it takes yeah. discipline and it takes a toll. And so why do you go into the gym, you know, obviously our listeners are a subculture, a minority of the of the overall general pop. So what, you know, what the hell? Why are you doing it? I think all the people that don't stick to it are the ones that never go to that. They don't accept that it's okay to do the part of fitness they like. Yeah. You know, I know a lot of people that are, that could be damn strong, including some women, and they, they still stick to, well, I got to run. I, I hate it. You know, they constantly say, I hate this running, and then they go do it. And, you know, distance running and this and that. And it's, I think if you're going to stick to it a long time, you've got to find and accept that that sect in, in fitness that you really enjoy. It's got to be something you're passionate about. 
I think I think long term, um, you know, longevity is in doing this. Oftentimes, as unfortunate as it sounds, oftentimes the that initial spark is something that is probably less than desirable in somebody's life. Um, you, you hear the classic signs of you know guys getting into weight training just because they're bullied around. Uh, that was a good one. Like why we do it. It was sort of a motivational one. So. I don't know if this was an exact episode, but kind of a reoccurring theme is, especially as you know, all of us are older, is the grumpy old men of training <laughs> and kind of all the, <laughs> yeah. the, the lessons that come with it. Because you, even when I teach, not I'm sure a lot of you go through this, or when you're coaching, Phil, mm. I forget sometimes because I don't, I don't feel that old. I don't feel like I'm oh, 44. Yeah. And then I'm talking to like some kid or I use a reference to Seinfeld or something and the whole class looks at me like, I have no idea what you even just said. Yeah. I'm like, oh my. <laughs> right. Yeah. Becoming a grumpy old man. <laughs> yeah. That is a theme. And, and you know what? Uh, people don't like it. They can piss off, you know, because we are. Yeah. We are. I, <laughs> that's kind of Phil's attitude. I know on, on yeah. social media, like you say something rude and just see how many people you can just drive away if yeah. they can't stomach you. <laughs> yep. yeah. Our Christmas calendar pictures. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I get that all the time at the gym. I mean, because like you said, I don't feel that old most days. Yeah. I'll be dealing with early people in their early 20s, and I'm, then I realize you weren't alive. I was I was out of college. Yeah. You were born. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. So I was talking to a, a student the other day, and I'm like, when were you born? Like, 94, 95? He goes, 98. I thought, Jesus, oh. I was finishing my doctorate <laughs> when you were, when you, were <laughs> you know. In the hospital, just ejected. Wow. Wow. Yeah. But, you know, when it comes, that might be a good segue to talk about what's changed, I think. I mean, I've got a couple more topics on this sheet here. But, um, you know, one thing that's really changed for me is when we started, I felt like I was sort of at my peak as far as bodybuilding goes, you know, because I was, I mean, when I ate up to like, 225, 228. That's a lot for me. And I, I started getting fat and I felt bloated, but I was force feeding. I was going through a lot of the stuff that I would hear Phil and Rob talk about all the time. Because let's face it, off season bodybuilders force feed too. Um, yeah. But that's really changed for me. You know, sometimes I almost feel like, a, what was it, Chris Christopherson's character in one of those Blade movies? He's like, I'm sorry I got old on you, Blade. <laughs> <laughs> because that's what happened to me. I just, you know, I'm 50. I just turned 50 and I'm like, well. I, I'm. I, it's just folly for me. In fact, I took some of this advice, sort of, from Bill Pearl. You know, is when when do you walk away? You know, when can I mean? It, don't get me wrong. I fully intend to fight the long defeat, as Tolkien used to say. You know, which is age is going to continue to take its toll, but I'm I'm not going quietly into the night. You know, I'm going to continue to fight. It, you know, and lift and that kind of stuff. But the motivations sort of have changed for me. You know, it's my single motivation is not just to take up more space um, and end up with high blood pressure and, you know, stuff like that and then be on a bunch of um, meds for it and, you know, and that kind of stuff. So uh, that's something that's really changed for me. In fact, I don't even know. I'd have to go back and look at which episodes we are talking about my competitions, like that last little round that I did, because I didn't compete that much. You know, at literally like every five years I would do three, two or three shows kind of thing, but um, – what weird adventures I saw backstage. Wow. You know, the bodybuilding oh, world is really, really can be very strange. Um, 
But yeah, that's one of the things that's changed for me. What about you, Phil? What's changed in the last 10 years for you? I mean, obviously, oh, you've gone God. through the hip thing. I mean, Jesus. My whole life's changed. I mean, since we started this, I've had like three surgeries. <laughs> major surgeries. I've had three major surgeries. I've been married and had kids, you know, on the show. Right. So, I mean, and moved across country numerous times. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, a lot has changed. Uh, I'm, I'm still competing. I don't compete as much as I did. But again, now I'm I'm not thirty. I'm forty. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm not thirty-two. I'm forty-two. So that that takes its toll. And uh, you know, the way I train train has has changed. Um, I went from having I was an employee at a at a training facility to now I own my own training facility. Uh, so yeah, I mean, my whole during the span of this show, I mean, my life has changed hugely. So oh yeah. Yeah, I've taught at different universities. You know, changed jobs. Yeah. Uh, what I started in uh, teach. I was teaching in nutrition and dietetics departments. Now I'm yeah. back more to ex phys. It's still with the nutrition flavor, of course. But uh, yeah, totally. When you look back, I mean, a lot has changed in our lives. Oh yeah. So. Oh yeah. Uh, Mike, you were on. I was looking several times, just yeah. as a guest. You know, like you kind of just. We became increasingly dependent on you. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, but, yeah, how, how have things changed for you over the years? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, if I, you sit back and you kind of look at your, your life over the course of, I mean, I remember reading, you know, your articles, Lonnie, at, you know, T Nation when I was working in the med tech industry. I think that they kind of changed how often they came out, but I think for a while they'd have like one per day and for a while it was every Friday or whatever. And I remember literally taking my lunch break because I didn't have enough time to get to the gym over lunch and printing them out and, you know, going to a place and eating them, reading them from, you know, you and Chad Waterbury and John Berardi and all these other guys at the time. And, and now you fast forward a several, you know, a couple of years, you get to hang out with these people and go to different conferences. And now you're doing a podcast, you know, with them and it's, yeah, that still kind of blows me away. Like, has you're looking from the outside in, you're like, oh, this is so crazy. And then once you're in the industry, you realize, oh my gosh, it's so small. Like, everyone does kind of <laughs> know each other, know, yeah. know each other in some mm-hmm. some fashion. And yeah, I mean, I was doing a PhD in uh, biomedical engineering for a while, and then dropped out of that, went over to do the exercise phys one. So I had just started doing that, I think, the first time I was on the show with you guys and Charles Staley talking about energy drinks and some of the research I was doing on that. And, yeah, I mean, pretty much tons of stuff have changed since then. I, you know, stopped working at the medical device company, just did my own business full time, and then graduated, got my Ph.D., and then now my wife actually works for the business full time as of almost a year ago now. So it's been pretty cool to have the just the choice of what you want to do and to be able to travel and, you know, go to different conferences. And that's one of the reasons I didn't go into academics full time is I kind of like some aspects of research. I love the teaching aspect, but man, I absolutely can't stand being on committees and having a oh. really fixed schedule. It just causes me to lose my mind. Yes. So this is a nice hybrid. Where I don't think 20 years ago I could even do what I'm doing now. You know, I do some research studies, do some publications, but not a ton of it, not doing it for money. It's just stuff that I enjoy doing. So it's, Mm -hmm. yeah, huge changes, especially with the Internet and online and everything else and podcasts galore now, too. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, things that really – now, don't get me wrong. In 2009, a lot of stuff was moving toward the online space from print media anyway, right? I mean, yeah. it's not like – I mean, that to me, 2009, in my mind, doesn't seem like that long ago. But to our younger listeners, they're probably thinking, my God, I was a teenager, you know. <laughs> but not all. I mean, we have some salty, you know, veterans too. But, in fact, one of the topics that I've liked that we've talked about is that sort of shift to web 2.0, you know, and sort of getting to lament and, and bitch about the lack of gatekeepers, you know, yeah. uh, as far like yeah. editors, at least in the print world, you had, or even early web, you had editors either accepting or rejecting your work. And I know that still goes on, but it's also this ridiculous free for all, you know, on podcasts mm-hmm. and YouTube. I don't listen to other fitness podcasts. I, I know you're better at this than I am, Mike, but I'm so intolerant. I can barely make myself listen because, oh my God, they're so bad. Some of them, you know, just erroneous, just mistaken, bad advice or, you know, using terminology wrong. And it, that's my like red ink, like red pen professor mind. You know, I'm like, oh God, missed that one. Minus one, <laughs> minus two. <Yeah. laughs> and I'm trying not to do that so much, but there's so much of it. But just to give uh, listeners some uh, episodes, um, Chris Shugart, again, you know, we talk about like um, – you know, the biotest and, and T Nation, that's one of the ways that we all sort of bumped into each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but Chris Shugart was on episode 486, and he was on once or twice before then, too, talking about fitness media and Web 2.0 and podcasts. And... I think you have to do everything these days because it's sort of like when blogging first began, there were a couple of popular bloggers like in our industry and then everybody got a blog and that's when you realize that wow people need editors yeah uh, so my job is secure um but <laughs> it, it well so these days everybody has the youtube page everybody has a podcast just about uh i think it's it was kind of better in 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 the old days in a way because you find people you trust we had daniel Cordero. Uh, Danielle Cordero is a friend of mine. She's an English prof. She was on episode 441. And again, she was talking about Web 2.0 and the how we don't have editors anymore and how to navigate that world. Of course, we had Lou Schuler on as, as far yeah, back as, yeah, yeah, episode 22. We had Lou and he's been on more than once. And obviously, being a, a professional writer and editor, he's a great one, you know, to talk about the fitness world. Uh, because I've, this has been thematic, something that hasn't changed is I've bitched and moaned the whole time about how oftentimes in the strength fitness world, the businessmen aren't real businessmen. The scientists aren't real scientists half the time, and the writers aren't real writers. You know, it's it's just this sort of bastardized, I don't know, fuster cluck, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you know, where people don't know any better, so they just try to take on roles not realizing that there's a better way to do this. There's a real way to do this that's really more, better thought out than you think. <laughs> but yeah. anyway. I mean, uh, even look at pr- publication media. You know, when we started, oh, I yeah. think I think people were still getting, they were generally still paying for articles back then. And now you've seen a water down in the material and it's all like, well, we'll trade you an article for hits. You know, yeah. we'll, we'll help, we'll help push you. And it's like, well, bro, no, I'm out. <laughs> you <know>? Totally. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I can put it on my own site. Yeah. You know, yeah. so 
and even just the transfer, like, you know, Lou was nice enough. The the first time I was in Men's Health was in a feature article in 2011 after the, we hung out at the ISSN uh, conference there in Vegas. So that was awesome and super appreciative of that. <clears throat> and over the years, I've noticed that it used to be, you know, back when probably you guys even started, it's like, wow, if you were in a print magazine, that was, that's huge. That's big time. You yeah. know, and now it's like, eh, I, it's cool. I still do some of them with a couple editors I know and like. But it doesn't really transfer that much to online. And I think the industry, like you were saying, Phil, is completely different now. Mm-hmm. Or you could write for you know somebody's site that's kind of more popular, and if they put a link back to your site, that's pretty good. Not all yeah. time though they do that, you know, compared to having a cover story in men's health. You know, or I think that's really kind of gone through a radical change. Yeah. Yeah, it has. <clears throat> You know, I think there's been sadly a devaluation of the written word to such an extent. Yeah. Um, you know, it, there was once upon a time you'd get like a, a dollar a word or sometimes better, you know, to write um, a fitness article and that kind of thing. And there's just been this massive devaluation. It's true that even fiction, like if I go buy a fiction book, I'm like, wait, this paperback book, you know, the 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 PDF version's a dollar ninety nine. Like what? Yeah. You know, it it's, makes me sad. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, even just books in general boggle the mind. Like I bought the book Endure by uh, Alex Hutchinson. Awesome book. Did a very good job with kind of the history of endurance and fatigue. And I think I paid twelve dollars for the paperback on Amazon with free shipping. It showed up in like two days. Yep. And it took him, I think he said six years to write it. Mm-hmm. The fact that I can uh... get all the distillation of his knowledge, and he did a good job with you know having the references in the back and everything too. For twelve dollars, yeah, it still just boggles the mind. <laughs> yeah, it's sad. Yeah, yeah, because you, when you don't value it, I mean, what are young people missing out on? You know, because they they're like, oh well, they may or may not pick that up. They but they don't they don't recognize, like you said, that years and years of work that went into mm-hmm. the the observations and you know, it's sort of how we champion not just like a collegiate education, but experience, you know, the apprenticeship model. People don't appreciate the years that go into forming opinions. You know, like a, a friend of mine, Ron, he always talks about intelligence guided by experience. We, we kind of devalue all those years of experience sometimes, at least when it comes to what writers can provide. You know, because you're like, well, it's 12 bucks. I don't know. How good can it be? You know, yeah. that kind of thing. It's it's not exactly valuation marketing, but... Um, yeah, and even on a similar note, as technology has expanded, I remember when I was teaching at St. Thomas, I put up my old phone with the iFleet app to do heart rate variability that had only been out for probably a couple of years at that time, and I'm talking to the students about it, and I'm showing them how to do it, the measurement, I'm like, oh, this is cool, we'll do something live, and they're like, well, how expensive is the app? And I'm like, oh, it's really cheap, you just need a heart rate monitor, and the app's only $9. They're like, $9? What are you, crazy? <laughs> That's so expensive for an app. I'm like, but you realize that two years ago, I was doing this in a lab with used equipment that cost us 10 grand to purchase. (laughs) Yep. This is amazing. They're like, but still $9. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I know it's not exactly the same thing, but um, I was paying, and I still do occasionally, but $33 for a, a... uh, serum sample to be analyzed for epinephrine, you know, something that kind of oh, sure. gets at the same thing that the HRV app. Now, I know they're different things, but both of them yeah. basically looking at your background, like your sympathetic drive and your recovery and, you know, or um, $47 
to analyze a blood sample for caffeine content, you know. Um, And instead of that, here's a non-invasive thing for nine bucks, you know, that can give you similar information um, without, yeah, bloodborne pathogen training and (laughs) vacutainers and (laughs) a lab and all that stuff, you know. So um, I have one last thing on my list of general topics, and we touched on this a little bit, but it's also been throughout, but appetite manipulation or big eats you know like we had an episode specifically called appetite manipulation it was episode 430 um we had john mike on a couple of times talking about big eats you know um but that's really been an ongoing thing too phil it wasn't that long ago you were kind of lamenting oh my god i'm tired of shoving stuff in my pie hole you know um but that's a that's an ongoing i got another six weeks of it Now, don't get me wrong. These guys are also eating a lot of clean food, too. I mean, you know, multiple chickens or whole turkeys or pounds of steak and that sort of thing. And then washing it down, though, you know, with some of this other stuff. And it just really kind of floored me that, you know, the the nutrient partitioning was such that, you know, you could get away with that. I was like, really, you eat all that chocolate cake and stuff? He says, you don't get it. He says, if I eat clean and nothing but clean... I just well, waste away. He says, yeah. I need to eat just calories. And at, at, yeah. at the end of the day, after the, all the cans of tuna and all the chicken and all that stuff, you're still, you, 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 you know, I still am, I'm shy of what I want to hit calorically. So I just, you know, so then you, at that point, you just, you know, it's suicide mission, three McCain cakes and a bucket of ice cream, you know, kind Unbelievable. of thing. You know, I remember when I was in grad school, you know, we were all lifting and, you know, we were putting on weight very fast and everything. I remember eating, um, over a pound of pasta and, I don't know, a pound and a half of ground turkey or ground beef. And I remember my brother and, and one of my training partners, he looked at me and said, you eat like a bird. And I thought, oh, my God, is this what it's going to take? I mean, you know, a pound, I mean, that's, that's like two and a half pounds of just stuff in your gut. Related story, yeah, yeah, yeah. another one of my roommates, um, I came home and he he had a giant container of protein. I don't know what brand it was, and he, he it was just a little bit in the bottom. And he's sitting there with a spoon watching TV, and I knew he had just bought it. And I'm like, dude, you know, I mean, it's gone. And is <laughs> to me this this borders on some kind of binge eating disorder. I mean, like I think you just consumed sixty thousand calories, <laughs> and. And, he, you know, he ate it, and he ate it dry with a spoon. And I'm like, okay, I don't know what your problem is, but that is, that's outside, of, that's out of bounds. You're drifting out of bounds. And I'll tell you, for the next 48 hours, I think he just laid on his back with gas. It was horrific yeah. because obviously you can't digest, you know, four and a half pounds or five pounds of dry protein powder. So, <laughs> so like, what are, what are you eating, Phil? Me? I'm, yeah, like what? What does I was this just look like? About this the other day. So basically, one of my one of my clients was talking to me the other day about it. He's distance, and he's like, "What are you eating?" And I was like, "Well, basically, we have our normal meals. So I'll wake up and have my breakfast, and you know that's normal, bacon, eggs, whatever. Like the other night, we had chicken and mashed potatoes and peas, and but then any time I go through the the kitchen or drive to the gym, I always stop and get something. So like yesterday on my way to the gym, I stopped and got three pot pies and a bag of chips and a soda. <laughs> that's, my, that's my snack. Nice. One of my snacks in between meals. So it's like that's what I do is I add on. Basically, I have the normal stuff, 
But then when I'm in an area like now, it's like any time I have a chance to add in calories, I do it. So I make myself stop on the way to the gym and get something. Uh, and it's usually something – all I'm worried about calor- is calories. So like with those little pot pies, I got 2,000 calories for $4. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and I can go microwave them at the gym and sit there and coach and eat a little Popeye. Right. So it's, yeah, it's just adding on whatever. And this is the perfect season for it. So, like, everybody's bringing in cookies and stuff to the gym. Uh, Merry oh, yeah. Christmas. I'll help you. Thanks. Right, <laughs> right. So um, that's basically it. It's just have your normal, have my normal meals and then add as much as I can in between. Right. Yeah. Cost per calorie. But, you know, you said yeah. something years ago that stuck in my mind, too. Like, I think the average person would think, Oh, chicken is a leaner alternative. And you were talking about no, you go get those like dollar and a half McChicken sandwiches with the mayo slathered yeah. on them. They're actually more calories than than the burger. Yeah, you know. And that was an amazing thing. That's I, I noticed that when I moved to California, because they forced the like McDonald's and stuff to put the calories on the board. Oh, that's amazing! Right. It was amazing for somebody looking to gain weight. I would pull up and I'd like, what can I get? Which one has the most calories right. for the least money? Exactly. <laughs> like I wasn't going by <laughs> by taste choice. I was like, how much bang for the buck can I get here? Yeah. So yeah. The, the funny, uh, the irony, and a lot of our listeners can identify, is the opposite, right? It's the yeah. opposite. Most people are looking for low cal, and you're like, yeah. no, no, give me the junkiest, highest calorie thing for cheap. Yeah, you know? and it was explained to him at that point. Like this guy having he can't get past two fifteen, and it was like at, at at that point it's calories, bro. That's all it is. You know. Yeah. As long as you're getting your your protein in and stuff like that, at, at a certain point, it's just more calories. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. Once I, I can't remember who said it, but I, I once heard something that stuck in my mind, which is nothing is more anabolic than a calorie. You know, mm-hmm. like when you think about ultimately, um, whether people are using different supplements or drugs or whatever, it's still a lot of it boils down to big eats. You know, just mm-hmm. calories become a bigger mammal. Kind yep. Of thing. And I think a thing like that, like when we talk about the, you know, you know, with nutrition, you need there's certain nutrients and micronutrients you need, and then there's at, at some point you just got to eat big. I think the show's done a good a good service in that. Like we get both sides, we do a good job getting the science side and a good job getting the lifters. You know, yeah, we've got yeah. the, you know, we, we've got the gym winners, but then we also have the the. Mike's and the other scientists yeah. and things like that. Nick so. Bird or yeah, Stu Phillips. Get, yeah. Yeah. Then you got the crazy freaks like Darren Willoughby, who's bored. <laughs> right. He's that giant. I don't, I don't really know him. I've met him twice, but it's like, I got respect for that dude. He's a nerd that's jacked. Yeah. <laughs> giant, ripped, and yeah, and a prof. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, totally. Um, but, you know, that's a good point, too, is some of my um, my favorite iTunes reviews you know, and listeners, if you want to help the podcast and you haven't made an iTunes review and you you're just you have no cash uh, during the fall funds drive, iTunes reviews really help. But um, oh, yeah. when people say, "I like that we get that varied perspective," you know, like the the hosts all have something different to bring, um, and like you said, Phil, like in the trenches type experiences versus what the science says and. That whole reciprocal model is how it's supposed to work. You know, you're not supposed to have the people who are coaches or clinicians believing that only their perspective matters. And then you can't have the scientists looking down on everybody thinking only their perspective matters. What does the science say? And then does it pan out in the gym, in the in the power rack, you know, kind of thing? 
And yeah, I do think we we've done a pretty good job, you know, sharing that kind of stuff. Yeah, there's not a lot of shows where I think you get both of those perspectives, especially from one episode to the next, and especially at a super high level. You know, you're not talking about people at a a local level. You're talking about, you know, national competitors and people from large research-based institutions and everything in between. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, we, each of us have – we have just enough of a toehold to know that world, you know, to see yeah. that world and open that gateway to everybody else. I, I don't think any of us are pretending that we're – pinnacles of our professions but phil said something very early on which is really a good philosophy to have which is if i'm going to do something damn it i'm going to be good like good and then you have to define what that means you know is that a regional or a national level competitor if it's pro you're going to make some hard decisions Mm -hmm. um about what to give up or what to do in your life and that kind of stuff um but i do feel like yeah we've reached a level of meathead and egghead, all of us, that we can talk intelligently and then, like I said, open this gateway to this larger world to people like, how do you even begin? You know, like you said, Mike, people almost mystify, like, how do you break into the industry? Really, it's reach out to people, network, go to events, um, actually try to compete yourself. God knows I'm no expert on on competitions, but I learned a hell of a lot in just the limited amount that I did. Yeah, and that's the only reason, if I'm honest, why I even did any competitions was if I'm coaching people, like I should probably have some experience of what it's like. Not that I'm you know doing anything at a national level per se. And like Phil, I took the approach of with grip competitions. There's a lot locally. I just okay, everyone you have, I'm just going. Um, it was more informal, you know, and then doing some you know powerlifting and strongman stuff too. But oh, I just don't care for any of that whole process, but I didn't want to be the person that's coaching someone else on how to do something with zero experience and not having put myself in that position. So, yeah. yeah. You know, I do that even in research is like, I'll always sort of pilot something on myself. So I know what I'm asking kind of thing. Um, You know, looking forward because we're going to wind this down here uh, because of the inserted clips here. But looking forward and looking back, one of the things we haven't done, which I would still like to do, is try to get a couple of um, a couple more of like old timer or pro bodybuilders on. When we started the show, I had really hoped that we would get a lot more pro bodybuilders because Rob knows them all, you know. But he's just such a stubborn ass that (laughs) you can't like he'd get in arguments with people, you know. Like I'd be like, Rob, can you get him on the show? Like you go back and forth, you know him well. Uh, in fact, at one point, he even got in a spat with Eddie Cohn. And I'm yeah. like, Rob, you, yeah. you, were, you were supposed I had, to get... I had to get Ed on. I had to get Ed on because <laughs> Rob kept fighting with him. I was like, just, I'll go, okay, I'll call. Yes. Um, right. <laughs> Thank you, Phil. <laughs> yeah, let's get somebody with a little more... Prof- now, Rob can be very professional yeah. when he wants to be, but he often doesn't want to be, you know? Yeah, so I'm like, I said, I, I begged you to get Eddie on the show, and instead you just piss him off, Rob. <laughs> You know, but or Tom Platts, he knows Tom personally. I would love to get Tom Platts on the show. Um, and so, looking forward, maybe we'll the three of us will just have to reach out to some of these guys. <laughs> it's a shame because you know, and don't get me wrong. I mean, Rob's flavor, what he brought to the show, was very funny. You know, yeah. um, and he really knows his shit. He really does. He's yeah. just he's so opinionated and uncompromising. And I say that as his, you know, as a really his best friend. Um, he's just so opinionated and uncompromising. Anyway, um, but 
Okay. Well, let's call it a show. And I guess, you know, next episode, we start a, a new decade. Yep. Here we go. Awesome. See you guys. Yep. Yep. Hey, listeners, have you seen the store at ironradio.org? There are three halls in the store, one for Phil, one for Fortress, and one for myself, Dr. Lowry, and they're thematic. So you can go into our Halls of Iron store and choose based on your goal. If you need something to learn or read or something nutritional, you can look in my store, uh, Lonnie's store. If you want something about injury prevention uh, or competition, then take a look at Phil's Hall of Iron. And if you want something about motivation or daily training, Fortress's Hall has what you're looking for. There are some fun, heroic descriptors uh, as you browse through the stores. We try to make it a little more fun than the average boring online store. And whether you're a novice lifter or someone more experienced, you can take heart that you're not wasting your time. The things that we put in each hall of iron are actually based on our own recommendations. Protein powders that we know to be good, uh, knee sleeves, wraps of some kind, things that Fortress uses in his own training. Uh, the stuff you, you see, you know is good. This way you don't waste time. So check out the Iron Radio store at ironradio.org and um, let us know what you think on the forums and certainly you can request products and we will uh, screen them before they go in. So thanks for listening. Iron Radio is accepting donations. If you like what we do, the professors, the scientists, the bodybuilding show promoters, the athletes themselves in powerlifting and bodybuilding, um, please consider making a donation or maybe buying something from the ironradio.org uh, store. Uh, we also are accepting supporting members. So for $4 a month, which is frankly less than the bank sneaks out of your account in fees, you can step up and support a form of sort of public radio for the bodybuilding and powerlifting and strength community. The Iron Radio Podcast and all of the audio on ironradio.org is for informational purposes only. If you're interested in starting a diet or exercise program, it's important to check with your physician. Also seek the help of registered dietitians, athletic trainers, and qualified exercise physiologists in order to make the progress that you need.